that crappy thing. Hey Lou, can I reach my beer? <laughs> Thank you. Hey Pierre. Hey. That crappy theme song from Public Domain. It only mean one thing. Uh, what's that, Sam? Uh, time once again for history if you're high. Well, that reminds me, let me eat a pill. Don't want to go through this half cocked. <laughs> oh, wait. My vaporizer's on it. Oh, that reminds me. <clears throat> I got it. I got it. Here it is. Oh, come on. Come on. Gonna get bent over and get a whole cock. Enough of these oxycontins, uh, oxycodones, I wouldn't know. No, this is oxycontin. This is the limbo shit. That's why they only gave me like 20. Man, he is saying some wild shit now that he's on his way out. Not that he didn't before. And we're talking about Rush. Oh, okay. oh yeah. Okay, Sorry. I was busy trying to find the pill. <laughs> yeah, he's gone uh, uh, bizarrely, bizarrely nuts. Okay, let's get that and play through. All right. So, anyway, sorry, Doc. I'm moving a bit slow today. We'll uh, we'll get there, my man. All right, uh, here in the, oh, fuck, it's the Insignificant Podcast Studio, it's the Not New Review Podcast Studio, and it's the History If You're High Podcast Studio. My name's Sam, over there we got Pierre, how you doing Pierre? Hello, I'm doing alright. You know, that mic does look better that, like, than it did before. It's up a little better. I just don't like that the angle that's right it. right but i i understand it's there for a reason because you don't want to hit the computer that's behind it i got you with that and i couldn't lower it anymore grow motherfucker grow and when i do this oh i no. get even lower now you're happy <laughs> all right 3.2 miles away uh sorry about the microphone issue 3.2 miles away we got doc how you doing doc i'm still vertical still vertical all right well uh, Pierre, are you going to deliver stuff to Doc today? Uh, probably tomorrow. Today or tomorrow. All right. Yeah, uh, got your, your birthday presents. Happy birthday, by the way, Doc. Oh, thank you. I bet you never in your life thought you'd hit the big 103, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Man, I saw you in the papers, and dude, I got to tell you, you don't look a day over 92. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> Still got those shiny eyes. That's one thing I give you. When you look at Doc, he's got like beautiful fucking blue eyes. Like Santa's eyes. Yeah, if Santa drank a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Alcoholics, that's Doc. No, Doc's got like this, these sparkly blue eyes. Every time we have visitors come in, all the women go, well, first they go, when they get a hug and they touch his hair, your hair's so soft. How you? How do you do that? How do you get your hair so soft? <laughs> and Doc says, I'm a natural blonde. That's just how my hair is. And then he shows him his pubes to prove it. And then the second thing is, you got the most beautiful eyes. <laughs> it, that's why. That's why Doc is great at what he does. When you're like, 
in person talking to Doc, he can tell you about a dwarf who paid like $500 to have someone hold him up to fuck a sheep, and you'll believe every goddamn second of it. And beautiful blue eyes. And you still got him, Doc. All right, so uh, this is History If You're High. And uh, Dane was going to be here, but then he's not going to be here. So he's supposed to be here tomorrow and uh, Sunday. We'll see. I think he's just having, like, ride issues. Or... Oh, wait, I have something here in my pocket. Okay, guys. Oh, he made a note. Yeah, you know, like... Uh, by the computer desk over there mm-hmm. there's a pen and there's like a stack, a stack of index cards mm-hmm. every time you think of something right I gotta write it on because my brain is am not good and mine's about the same yeah and <laughs> imagine when you get old and on more meds mm, yeah yeah and so it, I have that by my bed too like uh, it used to be I used to go to sleep with the music channels on now the music channels don't play music right right but like I would wake up in the middle of the night or something or, or hear a song and go fuck that's a good song and I'd write it down and find the band that's how I found of quite a few bands we did on the on the Not New Review podcast but there's no music channels anymore that play music all night right you gotta go to like Pandora or something right so most of the time it's like I find uh, a note. Don't forget to put your pants on before you go to work. <laughs> your dick's out. <laughs> I, it's true. In my bathroom alone, I have like five or six notes to myself always. Oh, yeah, up on the mirror. Like by the mirror and shit. Yeah. I always have notes to myself. So I'm just like, what do these numbers mean? <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> no, they have meaning. They, they mean wash my hands. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure. No, it's uh, that's, that's like... Uh, medical numbers for work for like whatever my thing is at the time so I'm like half asleep had a rough night because I don't know some reason cats decided to fight on me all night long not over me on me on me and you know Lou does it sitting on my fucking head you're already in the dugout I'll get to that Lou you're already in the I can't put you in the doghouse yeah, he's he's not making eye contact with no. you. So uh, I heard this. I'm like moving around, trying to get comfortable, trying to go back to sleep. And it was on the fucking news channel. Uh, wasn't Fox News, wasn't MSNBC. It's one of those oddballs that are, you know, one of those odd ones, you know, that aren't like real news things they just like pretend they are you know what I mean that's most of them no not never mind (laughs) never mind why should I be able to set up a joke huh doc okay so what were you watching I don't fucking know Pierre uh, Mr. Rogers so I'm watching Mr. Rogers and this fucking chick she's got an annoying ass voice Real, and I can't go back to sleep. I hear an annoying fucking voice. So I open my eyes. And I look and I go, yep, knew it. She's fucking annoying, right? <laughs> and she said a statement that sent me a whirling. And I had to write it down. 
I don't I don't even know the context this was delivered in, okay? All I heard was the statement and her just nagging, nagging bitch, nagging bitch. I don't even know what she was bitching about. You know, she she's one of those when you know, like the nanny voices, you know. Maybe that's her. No. So here's what she said. It's time for northerners to give up their outdated notions about the South. And I went, why should they? They drive down here. We're, we're still rooting for the, for the next Civil War. We're still part of the Confederacy. Everywhere. You know, you, you want, okay, if you want people to get over your outdated, you know, notions about the South, well, then South, don't be like the South. It's better. I mean, what was, just a few years ago, Mississippi said that uh, black people and white people could get married. I remember that, and that was a good step. And I do remember Doc did a whole thing about five years ago. Yeah, about five years ago, Doc did like a whole like 15-minute news piece on Lafayette Parish finally, finally is segregated after the order to segregate in 1970. Desegregate. Uh, Desegregate, yeah. Well, I'm from the South, (laughs) right? Yeah. So, yeah, you don't want the South to look like the South First of all, <laughs> education. How about this? How about in the history books, you actually call it the Civil War and not the War of Northern Aggression? Okay? There, people frown on the South, not because of the way we were. It's because of the way we are. We're 10 years behind everybody. Uh, yeah, I go visit my friend, and then Mississippi is like thirty. Oh yeah, thank God for Mississippi. We'd be <laughs> make last. us look good. Yeah, <laughs> I go visit my friend in California, and it's like, what the fuck is this, dude? What are you talking about? It's this. Whoa! What does it do? I'm like, dude, where do you? Oh, never mind. I know where you live. Yeah. So if well, you heard that. Th- you heard that uh, Mississippi changed their flag, right? Now it's a big pansy. <laughs> I say we should change our state bird from the pelican. That's right. As Doc stated, in 2020, or was it 2019 they did it, Doc? Oh, wait, this they is real? They did it, 2020. In 2020, Mississippi finally changed their flag because half of their flag was the confederate battle flag okay <laughs> the only all right and there's a lot of people that disagree with me on this but i still stand by it the only acceptable place well two acceptable museums of course and in top of orange camaros or, or you mean yeah. challengers? Oh, it was a challenger. challenger. Oh, it was a challenger. You, you're thinking of dudes? Yeah. Yes, an orange challenger. But you know what? It would work on a fucking orange Camaro. Camaro too. Yeah, that yeah, would just a general Lee paint job. That's that's it. Yeah, as a a 
a decorative paint job on a car, right? Yeah, that's perfectly fine. You, you, you know, waving the flag I, with I, your I, long rifle and going, "I'll shoot you if you don't get the fuck out of here." That's different. Yeah. Go ahead, Doc. Yeah, I can state on uh, from the modeling point of world, uh, they're cutting down on that. There are certain clubs and certain magazines that will not show a model of the General Lee with really? the flag on the hood. Okay, I I understand but yet, the premise, but, but yet they'll still show a Luftwaffe aircraft right. with a swastika. That's what I was exactly. just about yeah. to bring up. That's yeah. exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> and and another thing is, I I understand like where they're coming from, right? But I want to find a model of the General Lee. Good luck. But it's just a model and a car paint job. It's not a way of life, right? Even though if you watch the Duke of, Dukes of Hazard, never been a black person on it as far as I remember. That's fine. A lot of places in the South are like that, you know, with just white people. Some places in the South, it's really hard to find black people because they're not in the areas where all us white people live, you know. But uh, <laughs> Other than the car. Talking about northern Louisiana. Uh, mostly, other than yes. the car, there was one other notable fact about that television show was oh yeah the apparel one piece of apparel got its own name and style and it's named after uh but Catherine Box character Duke. the yeah. da- bringing daisies back into it or no it was pansies damn it's pansies yeah i failed all right oh fuck oh i gotta take my glass off hey pierre what's up look at these are those new they're not round. That's right. What's what's going on? Uh, I have like three or four sets of glasses right. that I don't wear because my eyes don't change anymore. They settled, yeah. Yeah. So when that happened, when the doctor finally told me, you know what? We're never going to have to change this again. You've been five years in a row on the same thing. This is what your eyes are going to be, right? So uh, I bought a bunch of pairs, right? for when the other ones wear out and so uh i'm gonna give the whole story tomorrow on this all right but let's just say my glasses were like john lennon granny glasses yeah lennon harry potter right i still have my round ones for work which are black like harry potter's uh the ones i lost here were silver but here's what happened pierre Take a wild guess. If glasses go missing in the house, what would it possibly be? You're pointing at Lou. Yep. He's looking right at me. Yes. And the story is more than you can imagine. Uh Uh-oh. Let's just say, I'm going to get to this tomorrow, so if you want to hear the full story, you're going to have to go to listen to Insignificance. What's it going to be, 1329, something like that? Yeah, I think 1327. No, I think we did 27, 28. Yeah, it is 29. I was looking at the wrong page. No, I was up there yesterday post. I think I, I did put the uh, 28 out, right, Doc? Did I do that yesterday? Uh, I don't know. I didn't check. I might be thinking of putting another one out. That means there's almost 2,000 hours of insignificance. Oh, man, don't scare people. <laughs> so uh, 
there's a rule in the house. Don't set your glasses down. Right. Because my boy Lou here loves glasses. And what he does, he grabs them and runs away with them. <laughs> now, he's done it before. I lost a, I, I lost a pair of the round glasses uh, for weeks. And then all of a sudden it showed up in my hamper, my clothes hamper, which he knows how to open and close because he's big enough. You don't think he could open the garbage can, do you? He, no, you, you have to do the foot pedal. Right, right. I don't think he can do that. I've checked the hamper and the clothes. But <laughs> think about it. I do laundry like twice a week. And after like a month, it shows up in the hamper. <laughs> you know, he was just having fun with it, and he heard me coming and hit it. All right? It's the same thing as the rug. Yeah, that... But they hit a whole rug but and then put it back. Let me give you the short of this, and you're going to have to hear, hear the whole story tomorrow. It involves an enema. Oh, God. <laughs> you are this the cat. This is getting interesting. An, He's got the hiccups. An enema, a leg cramp, and Lou stealing my glasses, which... Clearly, I haven't found because I'm wearing right, these. Right. These are nice glasses. They're Not comfortable fall, as though. hell. Not a fall, though. No, no. No, because I'm already laying down in the fetal position, head up, getting an enema. <laughs> oh, he... Oh, you bastard. You're a mean cat. You're starting to get the gist of what yeah, happened? Yeah, I get the picture. <laughs> I could see how things played out. And I still don't have those fucking glasses. So now they're ovals. Oh, I bet you yelled at him like a motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> no, I just kind of took it in stride. He just, he, he bested me on that day. <laughs> okay, fair enough. That day he won. Yeah. Once I find the glasses, yeah, then he'll, 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 he'll do the uh, uh, Arvel right. We also know when he's most likely to try and kill you now, too. <laughs> Yeah, I got to be careful. All I need is thumbs. <laughs> You're right. You're always with the thumbs. You're right. They, they yeah. Some are evolving to have thumbs. So uh, I'm gonna have to be careful when I do animus to myself. In that fleeting moment, <laughs> ah, they're gone. Just gone. Yeah, we're talking about you. And all I heard was like. Claws trying to grasp the the floor as he runs away. God. No, he knows he's not supposed to. He takes off once oh. he grabs them. I've seen it. And honestly, it's a rule in the house. I tell everybody, don't put your glasses. You he you tried he tried it with mine, but mine weigh a lot more. Yeah, so yours he kind of heavy. Yeah, <laughs> he's taken off with started to take off with Danes. You know, since you never lay your glasses around where Lou is. Because he loves glasses, he will take them. I'm surprised he doesn't try and take them off people's face. <laughs> don't don't say that out loud. Spell it, you <laughs> idiot. All right, so here. Here we are. Here we are. All right, let's get to... Uh, let's get to Doc's story here. Play, play in his theme song, you know. That's my favorite song on the podcast there. Says Enemus. Do what the doctor, do what the doctor says. 
If it's not fleet, bury him. <laughs> Quit squirting up jokes. Uh, I'll hold it. All right, you got a story for us this week, Doc? <clears throat> oh, yeah. All right, what you got? I thought I'll uh, hold it just like leveled Pierre. Oh, dude, I'm dying over here. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Doc. Sorry about it's that. It's about one of our uh, greatest generation that proves that our greatest generation was the greatest generation. <clears throat> and articles come from the Chicago Tribune, uh, a book called uh, Life Aboard uh, Battleship X, the USS De uh, Dakota in World War II by David B. Miller. Oh, yeah. That was... uh, articles by the New York Times, um, the Hartford Courant, uh, People Magazine, and the Associated Press. Yeah, that fucking Dakota, it saw its share, man. That thing saw its share. Um, okay, and then I'll scroll up to the story part. There you go. Um, uh, one, they called it the Battleship X, was uh, the Japanese thought they had destroyed it. Uh, and, uh, where the hell the Somewhere in the Pacific, I forgot. Uh, I'll come to it. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, the story goes that uh, uh, so was it? Graham was 11 in 6th grade in Crockett, Texas when he has to plan to lie about his age and join the Navy. One of seven children living at home with an abusive stepfather, he and an older brother moved to a cheap rooming house and Calvin supported himself uh, by selling newspapers and delivering <clears throat> telegrams on the weekend after school, even though he'd moved out of his, his moved out, his mother would occasionally visit and sometimes sometimes simply sign his uh, report cards at the end of the semester. The country was at war, however, and being around newspapers all the time, it afforded the boy the opportunity to keep up with the current events. Okay. He said, uh, I didn't like Hitler to start with, and when he learned that some of his cousins had died in the battles, he knew what he wanted to do with his life. He wanted to fight. <clears throat> in those days, you could join up at 16 with your parents' consent, right? but they preferred you at 17. But he had no intentions of waiting five more years, so he began to shave at age 11, hoping somehow it would make him look <laughs> older when he met up with military recruiters, yeah. and then lined up with some of his buddies who had forged his mother's signature, and he stole a notary stamp from a local hotel <laughs> and waited Brilliant. in line to enlist. Brilliant. At 5'2", and just under 125 pounds, Graham dressed in an older brother's clothes and a fedora and practiced talking deep. What worried him most was that not the enlisted officer would spot the forged signature. It was the dentist who would peer into his mouth, uh, oh, into the oh, mouths of the potential yeah. recruits. And he knew 
how old or young a person was by their teeth, Graham recalled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yep. <clears throat> hey, you know what? Didn't even think of that. You're like, he's made it this far already. Mm. He wants to fight. Huh? Let's see those pubes. <laughs> he must have had some pubes. No, he said he was shaving. He's shaving his face. Uh, oh, oh. Oh, oh. Yeah, it's different in the he points. lined up behind a couple of other guys who he knew already were only 14 or 15. Okay. <clears throat> and when the Dennis kept asking, saying I was 12, I'd say I was 17. At last, Graham played his ace, telling the dentist that he knew for a fact the boys in front of him weren't 17 yet, and the oh. dentist let him through. Oh, this dude's smart. He's, no, like, really smart. And he probably saved those 14-year-old kids' lives, too, you know? <laughs> Even though I'm sure in two years they would have gone in anyway, right? Everybody was going, it's World War fucking two, right? Yeah. Finally, Graham recalled, he said, I didn't have time to mess with me, and he let me go. Graham maintained that the Navy knew he and others in line that day were underage. <clears throat> but they were losing the war, so they took the right, six right. of us. And the, the Navy was, like, struggling as fuck at that time, right? Because half the fucking fleet had been sunk at, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Pearl Harbor. So they didn't even have, like, half force to go out there. Because even though they lose that equipment, they lost thousands and thousands and thousands of people to run that equipment. Yeah. Yeah, so they were just hopping on anybody. They hit the infrastructure. Yeah. They just it wasn't uncommon for boys to lie about their age in order to serve. Ray Jackson, who joined the Marines at 16 during World War II, founded a group of veterans of underage military service in 1991, and it listed more than 1,200 active members, including 26 women. Oh uh, yeah, I've, I've I've heard the stories about women binding themselves up and shit, and and posing as men and their fellow like soldiers like at shower time or whatever. They were like, oh, and she's like, don't tell. And they didn't. Yeah, they'd probably you know let them take the shower right after them that kind of shit. Uh, they were thinking, I don't know if you unbind those things, they might jiggly jiggly. I'm here. I'm here. It's just me. Some of the guys came from large families and there wasn't enough food to go around. This was way out, Jackson told reporters. Others just had family problems and just wanted to get away. Calvin Graham told his mother he was going to go visit relatives and instead dropped out of seventh grade and shipped off to San Diego <laughs> for basic training. There he said drill instructors were aware of the underage recruits and often made them run extra miles lugging heavier packs yeah. by this time the uss dakota made it to the pacific and become part of the task force alongside the legendary carrier u.s <clears throat> uss enterprise the big yeah. e yeah. yeah by october of 1942 so happy pierre didn't do the joke that was running through his head it just made me happy no i, I know that's how ships work they carry the name over. Okay, go ahead, go ahead, Doc. Sorry, sorry. Didn't mean By early no October 1942, 
The two ships, along with their escorting cruisers and destroyers, raced the South Pacific to engage a fierce fighting in the Battle of Guadalcanal. Oh, one my of the, God. Yeah. One of the earliest and bloodiest wars that uh, <clears throat> we fought in the Pacific until we got to uh, Okinawa. Your dad fought in the Pacific, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, he was. He didn't. He didn't make it to Guadalcanal. He saw Tarawa, oh, shit. Saipan, oh, uh, shit. Okinawa, and Tinian. That's some fucked up places right there, my man. Holy yeah. sweet, gee. Uh, it just hitting like two of them would be enough of a life story, but having to go from one to another to another. Good God. Good God. He missed Guadalcanal and he missed Iwo Jima. Thank goodness. After after they reached the Santa Cruz Island on October 26th, the Japanese quickly set their sights on the carrier and launched an all-out attack that easily penetrated the Enterprise's own air <laughs> patrol. Penetrated. The, the, the carrier USS Hornet was repeatedly torpedoed and sank off Santa Cruz. But the South Dakota managed to protect the Enterprise, including 26 enemy aircraft with a barrage from its own anti-aircraft guns. Okay. Standing on the bridge was Captain Gatch, who watched a 500-pound bomb strike the South Dakota's main gun turret. The explosion injured 50 men, including the skipper, killing one. The ship's armor was so thick that many of the crew were unaware that they had been hit. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, Pierre held up a finger. Only killed one? Yeah, because uh, m- most of it is meant to damage, like, the ship, and the rest of the scatter is meant to, like, injure all your men, so you have to take care of your men. It's like minefields. Minefields right. aren't made to kill the people. It's made to injure them and make it harder yeah. for you to make it through. Yeah, uh, for one, every uh, they came up with a fact for... One, for every one injured man, it takes ten men off of the battlefield. Right. Yeah. And and those fucking big five hundred pound bombs. Uh, Doc, correct me if I'm wrong, because I've only got this from books. You know it from you were a marine. A lot of them were built to where they didn't explode on impact. Right. They had a timer. They went through. So, what the 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 crew on the deck and stuff got mostly was like shrapnel but it would blow up the underneath to like draw in water and and actually yeah. sink the ship uh is that right doc if they were armor piercing yeah this evidently was just a regular 500 pound contact bomb that oh, went okay. off okay okay i'm sorry the uh the gun turret because the gun turrets were so heavily armored that it was they're the they were like tanks real thick steel so an enemy shot would just glance off of them yeah because that's the one thing you'd want to do first is stop the people firing at you yeah you know sounds sounds logical well, the word spread quickly that Gatch had been knocked unconscious. A quick-thinking quartermaster managed to save the captain's life. His juggler had been severed, ligaments in his arm, and oh, suffered permanent damage. Shit. Very quick. But thinking. some on board were aghast that he didn't hit the deck when he saw the bomb coming. 
considered it was beneath his dignity of a captain of an American battleship to flop okay. down for a Japanese bomb. That's right. It's <laughs> it's his boat. It's it's his ship. Yeah. Yeah. How dare you bomb be here? <laughs> no, he's responsible for anything that happens. So he don't want to look like, you know, he. Yeah, he was that, up there screaming at the Japanese. How dare you drop that bomb on me, you <laughs> bastard! <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The ship's young crew continued to fire at anything in the air, including American bombers that were low on fuel trying to land on the Enterprise. The South Dakota was quickly getting a reputation for being wild-eyed and quick to shoot. Navy pilots were warned not to fly anywhere near it. South Dakota was fully repaired at Pearl Harbor. Captain gets returned to his ship wearing slings and bandages. And Seaman Graham... Quickly became a teenager, turning 13 on November 6th, just as Japanese naval forces began shelling the American airfield on Guadalcanal Island. Oh, no. Steaming south with the Enterprise and Task Force 64 to South Dakota and another battleship, the USS Washington, took four American destroyers on a night search for the enemy near the Salvo Island. Okay, hang on. There on November 14th, Japanese ships opened fire, sinking or heavily damaging the American destroyer in four-day engagement called the the, the Naval Battle of Guadalcanal. All right, destroyers. Where are they... And is it like uh, I I know the the carriers of the, were it, and then is it battleships? Yeah, carriers were the big flat tops. Battleships and then came battleships, escort them right, and then and then came heavy cruisers, okay. and then cruisers, and then destroyers. Okay, those are like the fast ones. Yeah, the destroyers were real fast. Get in, get out. They're, okay. Yeah. Get in, get out a few shots, throw off a few torpedoes, run like hell. All right, I'm just trying. They didn't to have the they didn't now. have the big guns like the battleships had or armor <laughs> or the armor. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess they couldn't if they were the fast ones. Right, so you're in there naked, <laughs> essentially. You got all you got all you got your speed and your uh, glass cannon, your speed and your captain. Right, that's yep. the only yeah, thing. Yeah, they're only have. like sixty feet wide and maybe uh, oh, one hundred twenty, one hundred thirty feet long. They weren't that oh, that big ship. I wouldn't picture it in anything near that small. Yeah, uh, and very small crew, heavy armament. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They did just blow Lots their load all at once and get out. Oh, a lot of torpedoes and shit like that. Doc. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. But they don't have the big uh, launch a, a miss launch a uh, something you know fifteen twenty miles in the air to uh, hit land. No. They don't have that. They no. they only had they had smaller guns on them. Okay. For they only had like a, like a five or six inch gun, whereas the battleships had sixteen and uh, eighteen inch right. guns. They yeah, could fend you're, off. You're talking. A, you were exactly right. Like a tank. That's basically the, the gun that was on the top of a tank. Right. Okay. Uh, their torpedoes were the main damage. The That was just to fend off other fast boats. Okay. I'm just... All right. I'm getting into this, Doc. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good story. We man. all like World War II here. Yes. Yes. 
Later in the evening, South Dakota encountered eight Japanese destroyers with deadly, accurate 16-inch guns. The South Dakota set fire on three of them. They never knew what sunk them, Gatch would recall. One Japanese Japanese ship set its searchlight on the South Dakota, and the ship took 42 enemy hits, temporarily losing power. Graham was manning his gun when shrapnel tore through his jaw, his mouth, and uh, another head knocked him down. He fell through three stories of the superstructure, but still, the 13-year-old made it to his feet, dazed and bleeding, helped pull out other crew members safely while others were thrown by the force of the explosions with their bodies aflame into the Pacific. And 13-year-olds will do anything to annoy you, man. He took belts off the dead, made tourniquets for the living. He gave oh cigarettes and encouraged them all genius. night. Well, he's got holes in his face. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. It's fucking amazing. Graham later said it was a long night that aged me. The shrapnel had knocked out his front teeth, and he had flash burns from hot guns, but he was fixed up with salve and a couple of stitches, he recalled. Oh, I didn't do anything, didn't do any complaining because half the ship was dead. It was a while before they worked on my mouth. In fact, the ship casualties of 38 men and 60 wounded. Jesus Christ. Regaining power after inflicting heavy damage to the Japanese ships, the South Dakota rapidly disappeared into smoke. Captain Gitchard later remarked that his green men, not one of the ship's company flinched from his post or showed the least uh, disaffection and the Japanese Imperial Navy, under the impression they had sucked the Dow- South Dakota, okay. and the legend of the battleship X was born. All right, okay. Now, now we know why it's X. A good fucking story, Doc. Uh, still got a while to go here because oh, it's got to your- get. It's got to get down to Gatch. Knock yourself out. Mine's short. <laughs> Mine's short, and honestly, it ain't that good. In mid-December, the damaged ship returned to the Brooklyn shipyard for major repairs where Gatch and his crew were profiled for their heroic deeds in the Pacific. Calvin Graham received a bronze star for distinguishing himself in combat as well as a purple heart for his injuries. But he could not bask in the glory with his fellow crewmen while their ship was being repaired. Graham's mother reportedly having recognized her son on a newsreel footage wrote the Navy the Navy revealing the gunner's true age. Oh fuck Doc Bronstar what is that just like a a, a courage thing? Yeah. A a valor in combat type thing? Yeah. Yeah and you got a bronze star and a silver star. So most people there Uh, got purples and then only a handful of them. Purple hearts for for injury. Right and then only a handful of them would get the bronze. Yeah you have to like above and beyond. Yeah you have to do like this little motherfucker did. (laughs) Or you could be like my dad and get two purple hearts and instead of them giving you the second purple heart they just give you a silver star. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay uh, uh doc's dad also a marine doc a marine his yeah. dad a marine yeah all right yeah he's with the second marine division 
Battleship X returned to the Pacific, continued to shoot Japanese planes out of the sky. Graham, okay, Graham returned to Texas and was thrown into the brig in Corpus Christi for almost three months after his mother revealed his true age. (laughs) He got the brig. Jesus Christ. That's better than shit he saw in battle, I bet. Uh, I I bet he wanted to go back out. I I know, but it's probably, oh, maybe I can take a nap, you know, (laughs) finally. Battle X returned to the Pacific, continued to shoot down Japanese planes out of the same. Graham, meanwhile, managed to get a message out to his sister, Pearl, who complained to the newspaper that the Navy was mistreating the baby vet. Oh, oh, that's brilliant. That's fucking brilliant. Baby vet. Oh, that's going to catch like wildfire. Yeah. <laughs> the Navy eventually ordered Graham's release, but not before stripping him of his medals for lying about oh, his age, shit. revoking his disability benefits, oh. and simply tossing him from the jail with a suit, a few dollars in his pocket, and no honorable discharge. That's fucked up. That is fucked up. So he got a neutral discharge. That doesn't look good, right, Doc? When people look at You know, it it didn't say he got a dishonorable discharge, but it just says he got no honorable discharge. He he was released from the military. Yeah. So he could still rejoin if he wasn't dishonorably. There was a... No, there's a reason he's not there. But... It's not horrific enough to make a big deal, but I think you're they right. Just, I think he could go back. They just covered it up and said he was never in the Navy. Ah, uh, yeah, he just, like, snuck aboard. And, okay, yeah. all right. I see there. Back in Houston, though, he was treated with as a celebrity. Reporters were able to write a story, and when the warm film, warm f- war film... Bombardier premiered at the local theater. Film star Pat O'Brien invited Graham to the stage to be saluted by the audience. The attention quickly faded, and at age 13, Graham tried to return to school, but he couldn't keep the pace with the students his age and quickly dropped out. Oh, fuck, yeah. Didn't even think about that. He married at age 14, became a father the following year, and found work as a welder in Houston shipyard. Neither his job nor his marriage lasted long. At age 17 years old and divorced with no service record, Graham was about to be drafted when he enlisted in the Marine Corps. Okay, okay. Stepping it up a notch. He wants the hardcore shit. Right, okay. Ah. If you, you get drafted, can you pretty much pick if you want to go to the Army, this or that? No, or no. they just decide. You got to yeah. you got to pick beforehand, right? So if you want to be a marine, you have to fucking enlist in the marines, right? Oh yeah, yeah. They don't just take uh, anybody, right? My dad told me a story that uh, uh, when he was going through service or going through and uh, the enlistment thing, yeah, that. Uh, a Marine recruiter was standing up in front of these guys that had been drafted and said, uh, uh, all of you that don't want to join or be part of the Marine Corps, step forward. So a bunch of guys went ahead and took one step forward and goes, okay, I'll take all of you. Mm. See, the Marines, 
you're the first ones there. You're you're the first ones killed, right? Basically, if you're a marine. Oh yeah, yeah. Were they uh, the first in, the last out? Yeah. But uh, if you have the devil's luck, and some people just do have luck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the quickest route to special forces. Well, the Marine Corps. You hear that? Yeah, someone's car alarm. That's that's that. Okay. Or no, stop. someone's honking. Yeah. Okay, there was just a noise. I didn't know what it was. Yeah, my dad uh, during the Korean War. Uh, he tried to enlist, <laughs> uh, and they told him to go to the Air Force because it, it Air Force had just been made. It was Army Air Corps in World War Two. So it just yeah. became its own branch, right? Yeah. And they told my dad, like, because my dad was, see the picture of him over there? He was like 115 pounds, all of 5'7", five, 5'8", five, right? He made you. Good yeah. job, dude. <laughs> well, that's 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 been argued about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right? So, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he was tiny and... Uh, couldn't speak English very well. Uh, we're Cajuns, right? Uh, I'm the first generation of my family that English is my first language. I'm the first generation of my family. <laughs> All right? So, <laughs> hey, we were here before the Mayflower, so we just, like, spoke fucking this weird, fucked-up French. Oh, the Cajuns got here before... Uh well yeah we were kicked out oh we did that whole story right right I just didn't know the timeline yeah uh in North America in Nova Scotia that's North America right that's American company they were here way before okay yeah, yeah. so uh yeah so they told him yeah just go to the Air Force they'll take anybody and he went to the Air Force and he said come on in we'll take anybody but yeah he was like Marines fuck no dude. Get your little ass out of here. <laughs> and the army was like, army's like, no, you're you're not gonna make it in, in the army. I, I guess my granddad was just mean enough. He was five two and went marines. Yeah, but if you were like, you could be small, but if you were like, oh yeah, he was built. You were built, you know. Yeah, no, they made him uh, in Nam. He was tunnel rat. Yeah, to my to the day my dad died, he was just skinny as fuck, just a skinny little thing. You know, I'm sorry, Doc. I didn't mean to derail your story. Go ahead. Yeah, well, the Marine Corps has got a minimum height requirement and an age requirement. Oh. And yet, in when I was uh, one of my sister platoons, they had a guy that was, I don't think five feet tall. I think he was four foot something or another. They called him the troll. Oh no! <laughs> and anytime, anytime you know they'd get out there in, in formation, he'd call the other drill instructors over and said, "Hey, come see my troll!" And he'd yell out, uh, "Troll front and center!" And this little fuck come running out there. <laughs> I'm picturing it. <laughs> Uh, and you were just a laughing, right, Doc? Oh, yeah. Well, well we couldn't <laughs> laugh. Everyone was breathing I mean, funny. We're laughing inside. You're laughing like this. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You better hope the hell they didn't hear you. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, back Good to the story. Man. Okay, go ahead. He soon broke his back Ooh. and fall in which he received 20% service uh, connected disability. And he, the only work he could find was selling magazine subscription. Oh, God. Yeah, that, that when President to be a Carter job. was elected in 1976, Graham began writing letters hoping Carter, an old Navy man, might be sympathetic. All Graham had wanted was an honorable discharge. Yes. So he could get the help with his medical and dental expe uh, expenses. Yep. He earned that. Fuck yeah, he did. I had already given up fighting for the discharge, Graham said at that time. But when they came along with the discharge program for deserters, I know I had their reasons for doing what they oh, did. But I figured I sure as hell des uh, deserved more than they did. Car oh, yeah. Carter uh, gave immunity to all the people that fled to Canada or whatever. Yeah. In the for vietnam right all the draft dodgers just gave immunity come on home man it's it's been it's it's a fucked up story just come home people hiding out in the woods and shit hey that's how cheech and chong became big because uh, cheech was a draft dodger hiding out in canada and then once they come back in the states hey they got big huh. <laughs> in 1977 texas senator lloyd Benson Lloyd and Benson. John Tower introduced a bill, Garrett, a, a bill to give Graham his discharge. And in 1978, Carter announced that it would be approved and that Graham's medals would be restored, Good. with the exception of the Purple Heart. Ten years later, oh. President Ronald Reagan signed legislation approving disability benefits for Graham. Okay, good, good for you. Okay. At the age of 12, uh, Calvin Graham broke the law to serve the country at the time when the U.S. military might be accused of having a don't-ask-don't-tell policy regarding to underage <laughs> enlistees for fair. fear of losing sure. the benefits yeah. or their honorable discharge. Many baby vets never came forward to claim their national gratitude. It wasn't until 1994 two years after Calvin Graham had died oh, that the no. military relented and returned the seaman's oh, last medal Siemens. his purple heart oh fuck that's so fucked up that is so fucked up uh <sighs> God damn it, I'm there's pissed. Many, there's, there's many stories like that about yeah, it's young real. guys being 15, 16, joining the Army. Well, um, Audie Murphy, man. Fucking Audie Murphy was like 16, 15 when he joined. He'll never be able to do that again. He's the most decorated uh, American vet ever, right? He still holds that record, right? He's got like a Medal uh, of Honor. And, and he's like in movies. He came home, became a movie star after that. Audie Murphy. Uh, we did. Uh, I don't know if he was the most decorated because uh, I know a few other Marines that that have gotten. Okay. It might be. It might have. He might have been surpassed. I'm sure because that's a long fucking time ago. 
But uh, he might have been the most decorated army. Uh, there you go. Veteran. That's probably it. That's fucking probably it. But you remember we did the movie. He plays himself in the movie about his life called yep. The Helen Back. Great fucking yep. movie. Great fucking movie. And then he became like a Western star. Oh, stuff. yeah. Yeah. And all of his Western movies suck. Yeah, not, not a great actor. And they they made it all to every one of them had to be like oh shucks Audie Murphy thing, you yeah. know he has to give you a life lesson and stuff like that. Yeah, I know I have to live every day that I physically killed 150 some odd men looking them looking them in the eye, but uh, here's a lesson you should learn, you know pay your taxes. You know, yeah, uh, they were dumb. His that string of western movies he did was dumb but to hell and back is a good fucking movie yeah it's it's of course uh, if you're gonna tell a true to life or have a true to life movie have the true to life guy there doing it you uh, know i think that was more of and he was still uh, like 22 a publicity mm-hmm. stunt a boost stunt to make audie murphy a legitimate actor or to go yeah. ahead and tell yeah. the that's it you know his story and why he's an actor now and or then and 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 he was still fucking at that time he made the movie he's still like 24 25 yeah you know he was still young he still looked like a goddamn kid well he looked like a fucking kid even when he was old he had that baby face you know all right hey listen here's a uh Here's a fucking ad. Let's listen to it, see what it says. Hey, guys. You ever think about making your own podcast? Well, now there's an easy way to make, monetize, distribute, and record your podcast all in one place. That word. That place is Anchor FM. Anchor FM makes podcasting easy. You can record directly onto the site. They will distribute your podcast to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever podcasts can be heard. Hang on there, Doc. Pierre's giving me motion signs. He's doing the walk thing with his fingers. And what? Do you need to take a break to walk around to stretch out your back? Uh, no, I'm on multiple pills. Okay. I'll complain later, but this is like the first time I sat all day. I'm okay. All right. And look at my eyes. Okay. Can you see anything but my pupil? I don't know. My eyes are really dry right now. There's so many things wrong with that statement. I don't have time to... I just don't have time. Let's just continue with this ad. Or you can direct it to your own choice of podcatchers. You can monetize your podcast with no minimum listener base. Thank you, though, for the concern. with sponsors that particularly suit your podcast. Listeners can message you right on the site. And it's all free. That's right. Podcasts for free on <sighs> Anchor FM. Face it. Free is a bargain at any price. Go to Anchor FM and start podcasting today. There we go. There's an ad. There we go. Oh, we still got to make that trailer and do all that shit. Just uh, let me know when, man. Yeah, I think we're kind of 
we're, we're going to be hitting our stride soon, you know? Uh, uh, remind me when we go on break that I have an idea. Oh, fuck. That I need to write down. Wow. Is that why the... Is that why the earth seemed to, like, slow down and clouds formed? Pierre's got an idea. Well, I mean, I am the center of the universe. There That's how you it works. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. You remember the conversation. All right. Well, Doc, my story's not near as good as yours. Yeah, that kicked ass, Doc. <laughs> that was a great goddamn story. What a little badass. Very good, Doc. I, I enjoyed the fuck out of that. So he was just gushing blood out of his mouth the whole time he was putting tourniquets on oh, people off dude. of dead people. And your head bleeds like a motherfucker. It doesn't oh, even yeah. need a big wound. Right, right. Uh, all those teeth knocked out at once through his lips and cheeks. Yeah, and when they, when Doc says knocked out, that doesn't, sideways. Mean, that doesn't mean they just fell out. No, no, the shrapnel hit and they went out sideways. Yes, they went out somewhere. <laughs> you, <laughs> You got holes yeah. in your. Yeah. They, they did not exit Jesus through his mouth. Christ, that's amazing. Lucky they didn't hit his tongue. That had done him in. And of course, the lesson to be learned is we never do the right thing as a nation. Sometimes. 100 years ago. It has to be too late. It has uh, to be too late, and everybody's dead, and we go, you know what? We fucked up, and they point to the grandchildren, and the grandchildren nod, and then they walk away. They don't. I mean, it was. I'm glad that uh, during the the guy's lifetime, at least they took efforts during his lifetime to try to help him out. Yeah, yeah. You know, but he didn't get the fucking thing he needed until after he's dead. He needed that, the 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 fucking purple heart. Means all your <laughs> cleaning out the pipe, die. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, look at this history. Yeah, that uh, because uh, once again, Doc, correct me, because might not be right on this, but I believe like your you get the purple heart. The purple heart says why you get the purple heart. So they take care of all your injuries you got. Right from uh, that purple heart, right, Doc? Yeah, more or less. If you have no purple heart, they say, "Well, you've never been injured in combat. That's not our shit." Right. That's fucked up. Uh, well, they did. They they said they just didn't give him back his purple heart, so that meant they gave him back the silver star. Uh, the uh uh, 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 bronze, bronze star, bronze star, yeah. bronze star. Right. Wow, I stammered there pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, now we're gonna have to hit you in the head get you back on track you, you know when i get excited i have a stammer normally i just stop speaking before i stammer but uh, i didn't stop on that one <laughs> it, it, it wants to jump out man ah god damn it no i i do it sometimes too yeah i don't do it nearly as much as like when i was a kid but Every now and then when I get excited about something. All right, so here, uh, let's move on to mine here, all right? Uh, episode 18, let me take off these oval-shaped glasses that I'm not used to wearing. They're actually like three times more expensive than my other glasses. And 
you see they got the tortoise shell, but listen. A little spring on them. Yeah, they have spring action. Uh, these were 15 bucks. I love your glasses. They they look like fucking Wayfair. They're or D and G. These were fifteen bucks. Yeah, yeah. They're they're nice. Uh, Zenny. Yeah. These uh, the frames on this is like a hundred fifty. Uh, there's a wire running through the plastic. Yeah. But I didn't have to pay the four hundred fifty because I ordered so many pairs of glasses. I got like half price on some and I got one pair free because I went in and get my eyes done he said You're, they're never going to change I bought like five pairs of glasses yeah five different pairs of glasses one for work of course right that only wear at work one for home home is the one loose and I still have like three others sitting in there you well know, now two because I have this I technically just bought a third pair for $80 they're gonna go on my VR headset. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, you need glasses that yeah, fit in there. The, okay, that makes sense. Custom fit lenses. All right. All right, I'm gonna go pee before you get into this. Yeah, bring me a beer on your way back. Right on. All right, so yeah, this is a uh, episode 18, and this one's called Stagecoach Mary. All right. Gotta bring the postal service into it, Doc. You know how it is. Oh yeah. All right, so here we go. Uh, toot your horn. Or, I mean, to, never mind. <laughs> I don't need to toot that horn. I'm about to re- about to retire from there. No, I was talking about the other horn. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? That could happen because a couple days ago I grubhubbed some uh, Popeyes. And drop off, you know, Grubhub drop off some Popeyes. Yeah. Yeah. I had the two big containers of red beans and rice. Oh. And here's here's what happens. I'm I got two big containers, the two large red beans and rice, and I got like uh, eight pieces of white meat, right? A, a fried chicken. I'm looking at fried chicken, going, you know. Yeah, I want you. So first I, I ate like the first large red beans and rice. And then instead of going to get some chicken, I ate like that other red beans and rice. And then it did what red beans and rice do. It started expanding in me. And I was full. So all I ate was those two family size <laughs> red beans <laughs> and rice. Dude, I could have sprayed the walls. The, <laughs> <laughs> and it was a, a, it was the day after a, a, the day after the, you know, uh, before said glass stealing enema incident, right? Yeah. So yeah, I was empty, and I farted nonstop, non fucking stop. It was beautiful, Doc. If I would have timed it right. I, I I could have had a whole podcast, but I didn't do it right. I did not do it right. That's the only thing the Elrod hated about me. Uh, the old dog Elrod, Miss Elrod. But, yeah, you know, <clears throat> I'd get up in bed <clears throat> or lay down <clears throat> in what he thought was his bed. Of course, yeah. 
and he would curl up with uh, you know his body and everything around my my legs, oh. and his head was always next to my butt. Well, of course. <clears throat> no. Yeah, I, so, uh, <clears throat> anytime I ripped one loose, he'd raise his head up with a jerk and look at me like, you motherfucker. Yeah, I knew something was awry when I slept alone for two nights. Yeah, I was missing my dog today. We just had our 13. Oh, the Dane, yeah. Yeah, 13-year-old Great Dane put down uh, last week. But they, they normally don't make it past nine. Yeah, it was a sweet dog, too. Oh, she was cool. All right, here we go. Stagecoach Mary, episode 18. Uh, here's my sources. The Postal Museum, History Channel, Britannica, uh, Montana Woman's History. Okay, Lou, come on, man. Come on. Oh, fuck. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. All right, uh, here's the story. Just having cat troubles. What's new, right? Mary Fields was... Duct tape, man. Duct tape. <laughs> thinking about it hard, dude. Thinking Like the clear one. So if somebody just walked into the house to accuse me of something, they just couldn't see it right away and not have time, you know, to run. Mary Fields was born into slavery in Tennessee in the early 1830s. After the Civil War, uh, she worked in the house of a judge until his wife died. She then went with the family to Ohio and then the great state of Montana. There, the family's aunt had uh, established a school for Native American girls and a convent, right? So, uh, uh, you remember the, uh, the Flying Nun, Doc? The old Sally yeah, Field yeah. show, The Flying Nun? Remember, there was a school, uh, but there was also like a convent attached to the school yeah it was like that kind of thing so uh mary worked doing laundry and tending to the animals and eventually became forewoman uh, uh she was a worker man anything a fucking guy could do mary could do she you know at that time you didn't have four women of ranches and shit right so, uh, but she became the forewoman. After she whooped ass uh, and had a bit of a gunplay uh, with a male subordinate, she was asked to leave because, of course, you can't ask the male who's working for you to leave, right? Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, but he was pretty well beat up and she just missed him. <laughs> with the because he pulled a gun and she goes oh yeah motherfucker these skirts hide shit too and she she took a few shots at his ass <laughs> but she had already just fucking physically whipped his ass right so uh, they asked her to leave she opened a restaurant nearby uh, in in a, a town called Cascade but it closed uh, after a bit because uh, she would serve food to anyone. Whether they could pay or not, you know, you're hung. I'm going to give you some food, right? Right, right. So, yeah, that didn't kind of work out. So, in 1895, the Postal Service was contracting out what's called star routes. We still have star routes today. 
what a star route is is you hire an independent contractor to deliver to a certain area you're not a postal worker okay now they do have like rural route carriers that are postal workers but it's kind of the same thing they're responsible for their own routes and this and that but they are actual postal employees they use their own vehicles and shit like that that sounds kind of cool actually it is a great fucking job i, I wouldn't mind that you just it's an incredible drive around job. in your own car all day yeah delivering mail out yeah. in the country not in traffic that, that's exactly it fuck yeah. yeah uh i knew one well i still know one <laughs> it's a great job he, he was retired he's so fucking opinionated that the first thing that comes out of his mouth is well what if and it it, we call him Cliff Clavin (laughs) what if yeah what if you had a dick in your mouth would that make you a faggot I don't know do you swallow you don't know what Uh, context it was just a one of the guys there at the bar, it was me, uh, this guy named Anthony, and Cliff Clavin, and uh, I call him the Mossback, because <laughs> he's so tight with his fucking money, it's not fucking funny. All right. Anyway, Mossback <clears throat> started off with uh, you know that Cliff Clavin attitude was, well, what if, uh, you know, you did this, or what if you did that? And Anthony just turned around and looked at him and said, Hey, Clavin, what if you sucked a dick? Would that be, uh, what if you put a dick in your mouth? Would that make you a faggot? And that shut him up for the night. <laughs> well, uh, for about 15 minutes. Oh, Louisiana bar talk. Oh. All right. So, um, yeah, the Postal Service was contracting out star routes, you know. So, private contractors would bid, you would bid on the job, right? And then if they accepted your bid, then you would have to test for it. You know, you test for a route to deliver mail. Uh, You would deliver the mail on your own, no protection from the government. It was your job to protect the mail from all thieves, animals, anything that you might run into. You know, you're responsible for it. Uh, by now, Mary, she was in her 60s, okay, by now. Uh, she was well known as a badass. Uh, she shocked white women for not being subservient to them. You could imagine, right? <laughs> yeah. In the 1890s, this black woman coming up and not bowing down to you, and she's, we'll get to it, she's like six foot tall, she's a badass, right? She whips men's asses. All right, so uh, she shocked white men by kicking their asses. If the ass kicking did not work, she had no problem with pulling out a gun. Now, Mary, she dressed like a man, wore two guns, and carried a shotgun. She drank whiskey and smoked cigars. She could be me, right, except for the gun thing. Uh, I mean, fucking Montana... What else is there to do, right? Yeah. Drink whiskey, smoke cigars. 
doing laundry and catering to white people were just not paying the bills. She decided to bid on a store route. She's like, fuck it. I can do it. The school that fired her donated a stagecoach to her. Said, here. Here's a stagecoach. If you get the bid, you can use this. Okay. Carry, right? Which was pretty cool. They still liked her. They just... Oh, yeah, because she beat up a man and pulled a gun on a white man. Uh, okay. What she gonna do? It wasn't that she was a woman. It was that she was She, she was a black woman, okay. yeah. And she, she thoroughly whipped the guys. And she was the guy's boss. <laughs> and the guy started shit. And from everything I read... He might have been the first to go for the gun after he had a thorough ass whooping. And she just said, fuck you, and pulled out. And uh, maybe could have just hit him if she actually wanted to. I don't know. It's just something I read. Could be completely wrong, which a lot of my stuff is. (laughs) All right. uh, So, yeah, the school that fired her gave her the stagecoach. Then she posted Bond showing she was... Uh, economically capable of running the route. Then came the next big test, right? Here's the test to see who gets it. She was the quickest to, hit, uh, quickest to hitch up a team of six horses. That was the test. And uh, she was the fastest. The star route was hers. She drove the route with horses and a mule named Moses. <laughs> yeah, that's right. She started the route in 1895. Lou, you were so fucking fat. I can't even see what beer I'm drinking. One that's open, I hope. <laughs> you know, if I had my glasses, I could probably check it out. I can't see without his glasses. He's, he's, he's evolved past that. He just eats the beer. Hey, he don't fucking care, man. So, uh... She was the first African-American woman and the second woman in general to hold the job as a star route driver. Now, she's not a postal worker. The first woman postal worker we did a couple of weeks ago, the chick who did the Lincoln uh, sculptures. What was her name? Oh, that's right. Uh, Vinnie, uh, Vinnie Spears, something like that. I need to go back and listen to the two I missed. I'm embarrassed. So, uh, so yeah, she had a a mule named Moses there. She started the route in 1895. She was the first African-American woman and the second woman in general to hold the job. She protected the mail from bandits and thieves. And they soon knew. Don't fuck with her. Don't fuck with this badass chick running the mail, right? She became known as Stagecoach Mary. From then on, Mary Fields was now Stagecoach Mary. Uh, She became beloved in Cascade and the surrounding area uh, because uh, they were now getting their mail, right? They weren't before. Now, all of a sudden, they're getting the mail. She was the fastest and most efficient star route driver in the area. Yes, yeah, she was she was the shit, and it's because, and she, you know, she killed a few people, 
whipped a few asses, did whatever they had to do, right? And she got to the mail delivered. Uh, she would whip anybody's ass that fucked with her delivery quick with a gun and often well into the bottle. Uh, her job got done. She hung out with men in bar rooms, cussed with the best of them, and had a postal route as an African-American female, former slave woman, and nobody would fuck with her. She was challenged to duels and scared the men into backing down. She was even known to make men cry during a beatdown. You know what I'm talking about, Doc? You want me to let you up? Want me to let you up? Want me to let boom boom? Want me to let you up? Want me to let? And the men would start crying, and she would let them up. Don't make me slap you again. Yeah, she stood just over six feet tall. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she was a big one. Yeah. <laughs> and at that time, that would be considered like giant. I think the 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 average height around that time was like five 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 six. Because it's still like five eight, five nine. You know, it gradually goes up. I mean, in the around the time of the American Revolution, the average height was like five three. You know, so it happens. I don't want her to be my friend. <laughs> oh, I do. She she has her flask on her. Uh, yeah, she stood just and a over. bottle in her bag. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, in a time when women bowed down and were subservient, much less a black woman, she did not back down. She would bow to no one. She fucked them up. (laughs) That's basically what she did. Native tribes did not fuck with her on her route. Blacks were welcome uh, in most tribes because they were also considered, uh, you know, human beings. Uh, the the whites at the time weren't considered human beings by native tribes. Oh, they thought we were all insane. Yeah, but they saw well, they're doing to you the same thing they do to us, so they were welcome into into the tribe, so they wouldn't fuck with her. She was actually doing her job, right? Uh Okay, uh, let's see. Oh, I have it written here. And still in some places down south where we live, it's still that way. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, she was in her 60s and was the fastest, most reliable star route driver. In the winter, when the snow got too deep for her teams of horses to go she would put on snowshoes throw the mailbags over her shoulder and do the the rest of the 15 mile route by foot she was fucking relentless and, and became like beloved in Cascade right her town she <laughs> ate free drank free and everyone knew you do not fuck with Mary yeah uh, she worked through two contracts. Contracts back then were four years. So for eight years, every fucking day, she did that route. Every fucking day. 
So she delivered mail until the age of 71, living and thriving in white society. She was the... <laughs> she was the only person, the only black person in the town of Cascade. <laughs> Not making it up. I looked it up like three times to make sure that was actually true. Yeah. She was the only black person in the town of Cascade where she lived. She she kind of caught that celebrity status and caught her stride in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. By beating the fuck out of people. Hey. That and the fact that all these people are going, where's my mail? Yeah. Where's it, my mail? Exactly. You know? Now all of a sudden Mary's you're getting bringing it. Oh, great. I'm glad. Oh, great. I'm glad I'm getting mail. I don't care who brings it, you know? Yeah. You, but if it's Mary, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take it from her and thank her, you know, you know, shit, because I don't want to get my ass beat. <laughs> Yeah, but you know your mail's going to get there because nobody's going to fuck with Mary. Yeah, I was going to say, by the sounds of it, she didn't kill no one that didn't deserve it. Bandits, that kind of shit. That was kind of what I read, but... Well, uh, that, that's kind of the life back then. Some people just needed killing. Right. They left a lot of that shit out, but, uh, yeah. Uh, she was just like, I'm a fucking human being. Treat me like a goddamn human being. And have some beer. <laughs> Uh, if you start shit with me, I will fuck you up. Mostly uh, beatdowns by hand. But, uh, yeah, occasionally it got into gunplay, and I think, as you said, she was probably right on the right end, you know, probably on the right end of most of them. Uh, she sounds like the kind of person that was on the wrong end of a bunch, too. <laughs> yeah, I'm, very well could happen. Very well could be. But, uh a lot of a lot of the uh like the gunplay and and the, she didn't the fights and stuff kill anyone unfairly there's there's things right they mentioned duels but it doesn't it doesn't it it wasn't documented well enough for me to bring it up see what i'm saying this person said this one thing they have quotes from this person who says one thing nobody was actually there and it's most of it it's not documented well enough just can't do it but I'm willing to bet yeah a few people just bit it <laughs> a few people bit it okay yeah well yeah. I'm so, I do say by the sounds of it all the any of the kill uh, she was black if she had killed someone without just cause she'd have been done for right uh no they loved her in this town and they were frightened of her uh okay she did whatever the fuck she would do uh she had no community for help or support right she was the only fucking black person there but she, I, I can just imagine a stranger walking into that town going you know what's that big black woman doing over there rah, 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 rah. and the town people would say whatever you do mister don't fuck with her <laughs> yeah 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 but uh that's our male person don't but, fuck with her that's right but she really had no community there she was it but she was part of cascade 
you know, just as, as everyone else was. After she retired, she restarted her laundry business and she was a babysitter slash nanny for the entire town. All well respected. Exactly. You know, what I guess would now be called like a nursery or a daycare. She was trusted with the children of pretty much, you know, everyone in the entire town. Well, it's because if anyone came to fuck with the kids, she'd just shoot them. It was absolutely that. (laughs) She had a laundry business and I guess at that time, like a daycare thing or babysitting service or whatever it's called, was an oddity where parents could actually do something without their fucking... Can you imagine how horrific kids were in the 1890s? Oh, my yeah. God. So, and I bet when they went met with her, they were well-behaved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Yeah, I, I can see that. That's right, but she became basically a babysitter for pretty much the whole town, right? And uh, yeah, she was actually beloved, you know, in the town of Cascade. Uh, Montana ended up passing a law forbidding females from entering a bar. But the mayor of Cascade granted only one exception to Mary. I guess he didn't want to have his ass kicked over that day. And she could walk through the front doors. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, She died in 1914. She's probably the life of the fucking party. Oh, I bet, man. Can you imagine the stories from that postal route <laughs> all the fucking like banditos and and all the shit well the, they wouldn't be banditos they'd be Canadian you know bad guys eh I guess that's what they're called bad guys eh <laughs> we're not sorry <laughs> <laughs> so she died in 1914 and was buried just outside of Cascade so uh, what we gather from all this is that in order to survive you know uh, the misogyny and racism uh, in overwhelming situations like you're the only motherfucker there is just get drunk and just beat the shit out of everybody you'll go down in history Gary <laughs> Gary Cooper the actor and his autobiography uh, there's a, a, a large a large section of it from when he was a kid and met her it was like a big thing in his life. He met stagecoach Mary. His dad brought him to meet her when he was like a kid. And it's a very loving little little thing in his autobiography. If you if you ever want to read the autobiography of Gary Cooper, me not so much. But uh, yeah, he mentions it. It was like a big part of his childhood, growing up, actually meeting stagecoach Mary. And, Doc, the only pictures I, I found of her, most of them are like, she's in like a man's overcoat with a skirt, though. She wore skirts. And she's got like a belt with a couple of guns and a big, huge shotgun in her hand. And she's looking at you like, you want my mail? <laughs> you know? That's basically the picture. You can look it up. There wasn't... I'm just imagining. wasn't a lot of pictures of her. I'm imagining her first. When you Google it, it's the third one down. 
Did you see the picture of her standing there with the big gun? Well, I haven't. I haven't pushed the. I just well, go ahead. Look punched in stagecoach on Google, and it's got stagecoach. Google search stagecoach the film 1939. Stagecoach trailers. Okay. And it's a trailer dealer from Naples, Texas, and the third one down is stagecoach Mary. Yeah, uh, they made a couple of movies about her, or not about yeah, her, but got a picture she, of her with her shotgun. But she appears, her character appears in movies. Yeah, and that's her. That's basically it. There's no other real, you know, good pictures of her except her standing there menacingly holding guns. Hey, Doc, she's taller than me, bigger than me, with a shotgun. Yes, ma'am. What do you want me to do? She was heavy set or just tall? No, she's big. She's big. big. She's big. Like 250? No, she's big, like muscular big looking. Yeah. And probably uh, more than 250. Linebacker style. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's wide. Lean. She doesn't look like she's got a big belly or anything. She just looks like... No, no, no. Boops? Like Michael Strahan. Boops? Uh, You can't tell. She's got like a man's overcoat buttoned up. Okay, so you know, not not giant ones, but they might be there. You know, like the old time Western overcoats that come down to like uh, just around your knee, and you know, yeah. she, she's wearing that, and then you can see a skirt underneath and whatever. Yeah, but she's a she's a badass. She's a fucking badass. He probably didn't make pants in that size. <laughs> She was uh, got a she foot was on in everyone. A documentary. No, wait a minute. Documentaries made about her. Oh, really? I didn't see that. Yeah. Uh, Is it available anywhere? Uh, in the documentary South by Northwest, Homesteaders, uh, made in seventeen. I mean, nineteen seventy-six. Fields is played by Esther Roel. Esther Roel. That's uh, the mama on Good Times. That's Florida yeah. Evans. Okay, TV movie it was the Cherokee Kid. Okay, and Fields is played by uh, Dewan Lewis. In oh, the TV okay. movie uh, Hannah's Lost, he is played by Kimberly Ellis. Don't know who that is. Knew who the other one was. And for. the short western They Die by Dawn, 2013. Fields is played by Ikeon Badu. No, don't know. No. It's amazing, like, they have her played by, like, small women. You know? You need someone from, like, the WNBA. Like, the first one. Yeah, yeah. Esther Rolls. That's definitely new. You definitely do need somebody from the, uh, from the, um, yeah. Okay, okay. Let's see if if I'm in the ballpark. (laughs) If it was a white woman, right? They'd have her played by like China or somebody like yeah. that from the WWE, the big six foot, over six foot yeah, tall, yeah, yeah, huge yeah, yeah. women. Uh, 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 I know it's before your time. It's, right, right. it's before your time here. Uh, I'll, I'll be right back. Really? Yeah. You okay. know, uh, a couple of years back, the uh, NBC News did a story on a mail carrier, uh, a white guy in his 70s that would uh, deliver up into the uh, Appalachians. Oh, oh yeah. And, and he sat on, he, he took his mule 
and would go up these sides of these hills where people had lived, the hillbillies, oh, true hillbillies. That's exactly where they got the name from, yeah. And, uh, you know, he delivered mail up to them on his mule and said he was, uh, he just carried that one route up the hills, delivering mail to all these different hillbilly Jesus, places that's, or, that's you know, rough, man. farms or whatever. And, uh, you know, they said he was, uh, like the oldest mail carrier at the time or something, but, uh, this is Mary Fields. I'll tell you, that's a, that's one hell of a woman. I take my hat off to her. Yes, yeah. sir. No shit. At, and the time she did it. Yeah. Yeah. And she had to do it. Sadly, I know it's funny and it, it made the story great that she, to, in order for her to survive and make this living and do this job, she had to actually physically beat the shit out of white men. Physically beat them. <laughs> you know? It's, it's fucking amazing. And you said there's a documentary on it. I'm going to check that out. Cause, uh, yeah, I just enlarged the picture. And, uh, yeah, uh, just the look on her face is one of those that says, that's one woman you don't want to fuck yeah, with. You do not fuck with me. Yeah. Yeah. And being the only black person in this town of Cascade, like the whole time she was there, you know what that means. She was probably the only one allowed, right? right you can kind of read yeah. that in and they were like you gonna tell her to leave i ain't telling her to leave you gonna tell her to leave i ain't telling her to leave. <laughs> you know <laughs> you can imagine the town council meeting you know they, they'd all be like mel brooks and harumph 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 <laughs> and she wasn't going anywhere and then all the families would send their children over to her <laughs> for her to babysit that's just no oh, it says here beautiful. that she was so well she was a respected public figure oh, in you. Cascade and the town would close its schools to celebrate her birthday each year oh kick ass and kick when ass. Montana passed the law for women forbidding <laughs> saloons the mayor of Cascade granted her an right. exception that's right yeah <laughs> and, and just well looking at her yeah it's, who's gonna stop that woman exactly. from walking through the front door going to the bar but here, not me here's the thing all the men were fucking scared to death of her right but all the women were like oh i love her i get to spend the day doing whatever and she takes care of my children <laughs> and washes my clothes yeah oh yeah and she did the, their laundry too right and believe it or not doing laundry was a big fucking deal back then yeah that's oh, some yeah, work that you know uh, uh, you gotta scrub it you gotta rinse it or beat it back then i think they they just probably had left the beat it on the rock stage and uh you think by that time they had the ringer right uh they had, had washboards I'm, I'm sure I'm sure they have washboards and hand cranks by this time yeah. oh yeah yeah but that's still work man and then having to hang it up 
oh, and let it air Jesus. dry. Oh fuck! Yeah, I remember as a kid we had we had the big, huge uh, the uh, what do they call them? <laughs> and not doing your laundry uh, in the no, winter. It, it rotates. Uh, oh, carousel uh, clothes dryer. Clothesline, yeah. Yeah, clothesline, yeah. It was outside, and it had a big, long pole, uh-huh. and it had a, a crossbar at the top that came to, like an X, uh-huh. and had all these lines connected, uh-huh. and you would hang your clothes on it, but it had uh, a bearing in it to where it swivels, so, so when the wind you, you, blew... You hung, you hung your clothes and it would rotate. It yeah, to it the would, next spot. Like when the wind was heavy, it would rotate it and dry your clothes off and you would get that airy smell to it and it used to be wonderful until like neighbors with dogs started moving in and they would shit all over and then you bring your clothes in and smell like dog shit right now it just smell like car exhaust probably yeah probably so uh but it used to have a beautiful wonderful fucking smell back then. yeah everyone you know rips on electric cars and everything but if it was all electric cars the air would be pretty fucking nice. I mean, uh, in no. cities, it would still be awful wherever they have the coal plants making all the electricity for yeah, them. Yeah, there's not that many coal plants left, though. There's more of them are natural gas or... I, uh, that's not fair. Uh, the coal plants here are pretty clean. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're not that bad because they're not used as much as they were. If you, well, it's not just that they have almost zero emission. It's, you know, when you get to other countries... They just pump that shit out. Yeah, but it's... <clears throat> they said after the uh, Los Angeles lockdown and everybody was not driving and they were locked away for the, you know, the first epidemic lockdown oh, okay, or pandemic yeah. lockdown we had yeah. a few months back. All right. People were stepping outside going, damn, the sky's blue. What's that smell? It's not great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. Really? <clears throat> I bet. The <laughs> uh, first time I flew into Los Angeles and stepped outside and was waiting for a taxi or something, I I asked this guy, I said, man, is it always so overcast around here? He goes, no, man, that's smog. <laughs> and I went, no. Nah. The, the first time I got to Los Angeles, uh, okay, we're, I was on my way there. Landed at... Uh, Uh, John Wayne in Orange County. John Wayne National. You know the one I'm talking about, Don? Yeah, yeah. I know where it's at. Uh, landed there. Got out the plane and went, wow, that plane has some smelly-ass exhaust. Stinks. And then uh, we got my friend's car. Went down, fuck, is it the 5? Yeah, if you're heading north, it's a 5. The 5 that goes by, like, Knott's Berry Farm and all that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, before Knott's Berry Farm, he had an apartment there. It was, uh. So we go up there, and we're like, I don't know, like 10 miles outside of Los Angeles. And about the other way, like 10 miles outside of Compton. Uh, so. Yeah, yeah. So uh, go into his apartment. And so we get out the car at his apartment complex. And, wow, this 
fucking everything looks so spotlessly clean everything the buildings the fucking uh, lawns the the grass you know how down here the grass has dust on it and shit you yeah. know yeah it it doesn't there you know and I'm like but it still stinks and sure enough as the night went on and stuff sitting outside it's the smell and I'm like oh that's the smell of the fucking city right yeah and when you get into it wow it you know what it's like it's like the New Orleans suburbs that's like Metairie smells almost like urine but when you go full fledged into New Orleans it smells only like urine yeah you know it's from it was Metairie. like that but it was uh, like Doc said it was like a a, a a smog smell it was like it was like chemically it's like it, it it's like living underneath an overpass because okay. you okay. smell the car exhaust all the time yeah but it's a mixture of car exhaust and other things it's very chemically yeah it smells chemical but it it doesn't hey it doesn't smell anything like it's, sulfur louisiana what's well, it's uh most of it well is the cars but second is all of our synthetic materials off gas and you're not going to notice it in a small even a city like this but oh, wait, in a big hang, city hang on let me let me help uh let me help some synthetic things here hang on and yeah. and a Oh, it's not coming. In Never a big mind. city, there's not nearly enough plants that normally take all absolute, that out of the air. You're, and you're it's, absolutely it's right. It's not just carbon dioxide. Uh, it's it's a cement problem. You're right. I yeah. understand that. I understand. I was just so saying it smells. Right. Just saying it smells. All right. So anyway, that's our shit for this week, man. Uh, <laughs> a little off topic there. <laughs> including other shit. Now, see, here's here's the thing. What What's happening here is... Normally we go, okay, that's it, and we'll see you later, and we hit it. And then we do that. And then we just start talking with Doc, right? We just start holding conversation, and we just kind of started a bit early. Yeah. Oh, wait, let me put on my glasses. You, you caught a bit of our normal <laughs> <laughs> stupidity. Yeah. Well, there's some stuff we normally say that we would never record. Oh, <laughs> you're absolutely right. If this is a train of thought. We derail it every fucking chance we get. Yeah. Uh, ding, 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 ding. Go away. Ding, 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 ding. Turn away. Turn away. All right. So, anyway, that's it. Uh, hey, thanks, Doc. That, you had a fucking killer story this week. Y'all both did. Oh, no, mine was just a short little thing. It was I, cool, though. I just couldn't. There's not enough information of her that was actually like verified right and since it's actually a history show even though we don't take it seriously if you're doing like a history show or even like a true crime show and if you start saying shit that just like aren't real facts you get in trouble if you don't name your sources and do this and that right and there wasn't enough it's more myth around the woman. Yeah, yeah. It's more stuff after she died that came out than when she was alive because nobody cared. She was just this black woman. Which was all handed down hearsay at that point. Yeah. So you kind of got to kind of gotta go through it. And the shit I got is verified. Like the shit that Doc told us after. 
He didn't just read us every fucking gossip thing. He said, according to this. You know. <sighs> so much demands on us just to do this stupid, silly thing. <laughs> what do you mean we have to tell the truth? We do two other podcasts. We do nothing but lie. Uh, which is a lie. We shit on movies. <laughs> oh, yes, we do. We do. <laughs> By shit, I mean we mostly pick really good ones that we <laughs> praise, but <laughs> we shit on other ones. Uh, yeah, uh, it's all the companies that send us trailers. Now that, hey, Doc, so when we do the Not New Review podcast, uh, now that we're actual, actually like registered, like real critics and shit, somehow, uh, I get these three different companies that send me trailers and they used to send them just on my phone so I'd have them all sitting on my phone and you know me I'm not going to play it from my phone because that's such a hassle you know I got a fucking mixing board and all this other shit to do so uh, I would like look them up on YouTube and save them that way well now they send them to me and uh, what's it called on fucking 10 <laughs> on the edge or whatever oh the collections you have a like a little uh, oh it's one of the storage things on the edge fucking browser you, so like Sunday when I click on collections all the fucking trailers are there that they sent me and I go through the ones I want to look at and the ones I don't want to look at. It's a lot easier, but yeah, they actually send us trailers to watch. And some of them are just complete shit right here. Yeah, you don't show me most of them. <laughs> like, dude, no, you don't want to see this. Every now and then you'll eats. pull one out because it was exceptionally bad. Yeah, yeah. You just want to show it off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. But those have the potential to be the movies that are actually so bad that they're good. Yes, because if a movie looks completely horrendous, I'm going to watch it. I'm just going to watch. And you know what? If Doc was still, you know, able to, to, you know, if they wouldn't be for this fucking virus, Doc would come over and watch the worst movie on earth with me. It would be an evening. <laughs> I'm right there, too. It, it would be a Doc date, man. I'm you there, know? too, man. Oh, yeah. We used to schedule every fucking week. We'd have a bad movie week, and everybody would pick the worst movie I wasn't they could invited. think of. <laughs> and we'd have sometimes five or six people show up, right? And I'd cook, I'd cook a big meal like I normally do, you know. And we'd all sit around and watch the worst movies on earth, and not remember a goddamn thing by the end of the night. <laughs> Thanks to your shine. <laughs> Except for the fact that, oh, I remember that part of the movie. It yeah. sucked. That's right. Oh, we were supposed to end the oh. podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, we're still podcasting. Okay. Well, then. Oops. <laughs> Sorry about that, folks. Let me uh, get this over here. Uh, once again, I'm Sam. Pierre's over there. We got Doc uh, a couple of miles away. Hey, Doc, that was a great fucking story. Thank you, man. We will uh, hey. be back in a week or so, I guess. Hey, is that it? Hey. <laughs> Time for me to find another one.
the pressure's on, Doc. Uh, good night. It is all week long. Good night, everybody. Good night.